0: Hey everyone, John Michael here, and welcome to H2OMG. Come along and take a trip with me to the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History. I just realized all of that rhymed, and I'd like to apologize. Today we talk with Rebecca Reed, the manager of the museum's outreach department, and Laura Leckman, the assistant manager of outreach, all about water and the amazing outreach programs they offer on water. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a lively discussion on water, daylilies, and jam. Speaking of jam, Laura gave me a really great recipe for red wine rosemary fig jam, and I'm going to share that with you. So stay tuned after the interview and jam with me. Um, So yeah, so Shay from the Log Cabin Village put me in touch with Mm -hmm. you guys. Um, How how do you guys know her?
1: Um, We... I have every...
0: Close, sorry. <laughs> it's okay.
1: So um, our institution is part of a group of institutions that does a large Girl Scout event each fall called mm. the Swap Hop, mm-hmm. um, And that's where girls get to come to... Usually we host in the Cowgirl Next Door, they host. And we have a bunch of our friends come and um, also participate. And the girls make swaps, which are basically little crafty things that like have a pin so you can wear them. And so they'll pin him to hats or to like- Called a swap? It's called a swap. Mm. And the idea is it's like an icebreaker, like you trade them with other people, and then you like, it's a kind of a a chance to talk to someone. Um, In theory, like when you make them, they have something to do with you, where you're from, or like things you like, and that way you're kind of sharing a little bit about yourself. Oh, okay, oh, that's cool. And so the idea is it's a way to make friends in Girl Scouts. Isn't it an acronym? Special, yeah, f- call it, affectionately pinned yeah i think it's what is <laughs> it's an acronym i yeah. regularly refer to it, i'm like it's crafty crap they pinned to themselves and everyone's <laughs> like why i'm like kids <laughs> yeah but shay was part of that group yeah and loghaven village has participated with us in the past so oh, okay. she's part of that group of people that came and did that so that's how we've gotten to know shay
0: yeah and she's only been here for a short yes. for a while, like six months i think yeah when she
1: does educational programs, she gets to dress up in historical costumes. It's oh, yeah. rather cool. We don't. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, she was just in street clothes when I talked to her. Um, well, how long have have you guys been? Well, let me start off. What, what's your What's your name and your title? Um,
1: so my name is Rebecca Reed. I'm the outreach manager here at the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History. Um, I started with the museum in October of 2009 on a grant funded project um, called Community Studios. We did a lot of work in one of the high schools in Fort Worth um, regarding technology and job training, and then when that grant ended, I actually left and worked for the city of Fort Worth for about six months. And then when another position opened, I came back to the museum, and I've been here since November of two
0: thousand oh, okay. and eleven.
1: Okay. And I'm Laura Leckman. I'm the uh, outreach assistant manager, and I've actually worked for the museum in a couple of different capacities, all related to education. And I started, I believe, in October of two thousand and eight. Oh, okay. So. Cool been here for a while nice
0: and you said it's um, there's a preschool down here. yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. so the museum school has a, a preschool enrichment program um, kids come one day a week um, either morning or afternoon and they use the museum's collections to learn about usually the natural world most of the time Oh, well,
0: that's really cool um,
1: and so like the three-year-olds learn about a different animal each week the four-year olds learn about a family of animals and the five-year-olds learn about it in the actual environment. And then they also do some homeschool and school-age programs. They have a STEM-focused. And some of those are even multi-day. The kids will come more than once a week. And so, if, like, for instance, um, after Christmas vacation, I know the three-year-olds are learning about coyote. My daughter's very excited. We've heard about it numerous times already. <laughs> um, and then I know that, like, the the fours have been doing – they should be starting to do pretty soon because of the stock show, um, Hooved Animals. I forget the name of the family. It's got a fancy Undulates. name. Undulates, that's it. Huh. Um, and so they'll start doing that family and they'll do a couple weeks of that to learn about the different, different animals in that family, what they eat, how they live, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we're here on a Monday mm-hmm. cause you said, cause there aren't any there's preschoolers no kids. around. Okay. No kids. No <laughs> so kids it's a little today. bit, a little bit quieter. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we
1: aren't part of the, that department, the preschool department, but we office with them and they are fabulous oh, okay. because the energy is great in here. So normally there's, you know, four or five classrooms of kids in the school each day. Right now there's nobody. Yeah. So it's nice and quiet. Yeah. (laughs) No one's knocking on doors, using the hand sanitizer machine. No Mm -hmm. one's ringing the doorbell. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we do outreach. So Mm -hmm. our department is outreach. So we basically go out into the community and we do um, programming with all sorts of community groups. Uh, We do some programming with uh, independent living facilities, assisted living facilities, some skilled nursing facilities. Uh, We go do programming in schools. Memory care. Memory care programs. We do programs with libraries. Mm -hmm. So we go out and do things out in the community with other institutions. So that's what our programming is based on.
0: Okay, so you guys are out and about quite a bit. We spend a lot of
1: time loading things in and out of cars. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Well,
0: I saw when I was pulling up a lot of people loading things in and out of cars. So can you tell us a little bit about your, um, programs related to water.
1: Yeah. So we have a few different ones. Um, probably our favorite, cause we do it all the time for community groups and things, um, is the a surface tension activity called drops of water on a penny. Mm-hmm. And you'll have plates and pennies and, um, pipette droppers, which are kind of like the medicine droppers for babies. But in theory, they're a little more exact and the kids, you'll ask them how many, um, drops of water can you fit on a penny? And kids will normally say, what, like six? Yeah, like usually, six to 10 it's probably about usually average, the guess. And then you'll have the one kid, 500! are like,
0: mm,
1: <laughs> no. Um, and so then you'll give them water, yeah. clean water. It becomes important. Um, we've learned that the hard way. We'll get to that. Um, and they get the pipe out, and they get to start dropping water on a penny. And water is interesting. Um, the shape of the molecule, it makes it have a positive side and a negative side. And so consequently, they'll stick together. Um, And so water is kind of a sticky substance. We don't really think about it as being sticky, but it sticks to you, it sticks to Hmm. things. And that's why um, the drops of water always kind of go coalesce together um, because of those, those bonds. Um, and you can do make that do cool stuff so on a drop of pen you can fit what 30 to usually, 50 yeah, depending on down your size of oh, droplet and okay. your Steniness accuracy of the pen, in getting it on there if anyone bumps the table that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah but you can get basically it's a big dome of water it looks like a glass marble it's really yeah, yeah. on the table no, like on my neat. yeah on my instagram I have that video I took mm-hmm. of, um solely of the water dropping and the whole thing just shakes and ripples it's so cool yeah um and so that's really our favorite because it's mm-hmm. The kids get really into it because it becomes a contest on who can get the most. Yeah. And it just, it's a really visual way that shows the surface. Some of the weird things about water. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you, you sent me a list and you do quite, you guys do quite a bit of water related Mm -hmm. activities. Can you tell us about some, another one?
1: Um, another, what's your, yeah.
0: What's your second favorite
1: stream tables? Yeah, stream table. Stream probably, stream tables. That's, that one's pretty fun because we do it outside most we do of it, the time. Yeah, so usually we'll do that as part of like an environmental program. We do a great environmental program each year for um, W.A. Porter. It's a Birdville school. Um, and we go to a nature center near there that they, the kids can walk to. And so we're outside, we get to not worry about mess and spilling and those kinds of things. Yeah. And we have trays that we put in an incline, they have a hole at the bottom. And basically the kids get to set up a landscape kind of in that tray with sand and rocks and fake plants and real plants, whatever they kind of find around there. Yeah, Little sticks that you allow them. The as long as they don't pick up <laughs> the poison ivy. As long as they don't pick up the poison ivy. They try is- to keep away from the PI. <laughs> there's a lot of it there, so much. It
0: sounds like there's been some experiences in the past. Ironically,
1: like we've gone, what, five or six years, yeah. you were saying? And None of our staff has ever no. gotten poisoned. Oh, IV. okay. So, like, fingers crossed. Like, we are on. We, we, we don't know good. about the kids. We mean, haven't heard yeah. anything about the kids, but we we caution them and their teachers do as well to not touch it. But yeah,
0: I'm super allergic. To so, it, am so, I, so, yeah. so am I. So am I. I'm <laughs> actually
1: shocked and amazed. I haven't gotten yeah. it. Knock on wood. To date, I have not been. But once they once they set up their little their little you know landforms in there and. Get it all arranged. Then we have um, deli cups, like the kind you'd put soup in. They have holes in the bottom, and they set those at the top of the incline and let that water erode.
0: Okay. So they get to see
1: the weathering. They get to see the erosion. erosion. Yeah. They get to see the deposition and the you know where all of that happens. Um, and then they have to draw pictures of it in their science journal. Yes. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was fun. That one's really fun too, because once the kids get the concept down, then of course you can just let them go wild and build and then like flood the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, they love that and like total destruction of the stream yeah. table it's and that, yeah. it's just, you that know, combines, they have a lot of fun with it.
0: Combines it all. It combines building and destruction. Mm-hmm. That sounds like fun. Yeah yeah. 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 And it's
1: a really, it's a really nice hands on way to see the power of water, what it can yeah. do. Um, Cause you always point out too, that that's a small scale. So think about what that would be like, like in an actual, like flood situation, yeah. well, where you and so much that water. nature center um, where it's located, it actually, if it rains, the whole thing floods. It's in a flood like area. That's why it's not built all <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, that's why they haven't built houses. Um, there's houses all around it too, which actually, it's a great opportunity to talk about um, the runoff and everything because we do a pond study program there too. Mm-hmm where we'll look at what's in the water, and as it turns out, not a lot in their water. They stock it with fish, um, and actually we were lucky last year, they stocked it right before we did our program because they were having a fishing derby the next weekend. But um, there's not any, like if you scoop the mud and everything, you don't find any invertebrate, you don't find really Hmm. anything there. And you'll look around and all around it's all, like this is a low spot and everything, Hmm. everyone has beautiful green lawns and lovely gardens. And there's lots of roads, and you'll talk about, well, where's all the water from these neighborhoods? Where does it come? Go. And they're like, oh, it goes into the ponds. And there's a series of ponds. So I'm willing to bet if you were to look at the first one versus the last one, you'd probably see some differences. Um, but they're very man-made. They have a, a, a you know, a straight edge. They don't have a natural edge. There's The vegetation's not up into the water. yeah. And so... Um, it's kind of an interesting... Well, you talk about water pollution, pollution too. Right, yeah. That's yeah. why there's nothing of the nothing, we're not seeing, these things. not seeing as many of them because mm-hmm. of the pollution load from the fertilizers and from the runoff from the streets and the roads and, 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 and things yeah. like that. And you see, you know, we, we, the water looks clean. I mean, it's clear and it's nice, but maybe it's not as clean as we think it is. Yeah. And so um, typically we find a couple frogs and mm-hmm. maybe some little things, but not much. Not like what you can find in other ponds some places. Yeah.
0: I keep seeing people walk by with cartloads. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's all. The We're that moving. Loading. We're moving out of a storage facility <laughs> yeah, too. That's, yeah, that's what they're doing. It's giving me flashbacks to yesterday. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, we talk about one of the most basic things we talk about is the water cycle. You know, we start mm-hmm. that with little kids, and we um, we've talked about that. We have an episode. Our second episode, Dinosaur P, was all about how we have the same water. You know, Uh we're not getting any new water and we got to take care of it. And you guys have a program about the water cycle too, right?
1: Um, We we do it two different ways depending on the age of the kids. The older kids have um, a writing aspect to it. The younger kids don't. Or if we're doing it out in like an outdoor setting or like a more fun laid back setting. And basically the kids get to be a water molecule and they get to travel through the water cycle. And we have buckets that have cards in them with like different scenarios. And they send them, each bucket's a spot there's water. So mm-hmm. there's a cloud bucket, glaciers, groundwater, ground water. ocean. Groundwater is a hard one for them to understand yeah, too. Kids do to not get, yeah. understand groundwater. It's a difficult concept. We're still mastering on how to teach that to them to mm. let it They don't have in. wells here as much. Right. Yeah. So they don't have that idea. Yeah. Um, where else is? Ocean is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of water gets stuck in the ocean for a long time. And so they'll pull a card and they'll say like, oh, um, you were drank by a... A dog. An animal, yeah. an animal. So go to the animal bucket. And then you'll go to the animal bucket. And typically you either, if you're in the animal bucket, you're either um come out through respiration or you come out through urine, which they <laughs> always <love>. there's <laughs> always lots of giggling involved when somebody gets out oh. and they're like, He-he-he-he-he. fourth grade boys, love that yes. card. And they won't say the words. No. They're like, the animal got rid of waste. And I'm like, ooh, how tactical. <laughs> yeah. Where else do they say it? They've had a couple different ways. Yeah, waste products is usually the usually the the big one. We're like, so they urinated. They're like, woo! We're like, yes. Yes. (laughs) It's like, yes, you became animal urine, move on to the next bucket. Now you're now you're in groundwater or a stream, depending on where you you told you to go. Think about that. (laughs) So um and so the older kids have to write down where they go. Mm -hmm. And then at the end they can talk about that. The younger kids, um, most of them actually have the ability to do the writing, but it the long it takes so yeah. long that they don't get to do many turns, and so instead we have them take a bead. A, we have different colored beads, and they make a little bracelet. Oh, so okay. Yeah, we do something very on a, similar, like a pipe yeah. cleaner. Yeah, and so that's that's probably the best. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way we do that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, occasionally in, we make weird tweaks because people need something different. Yeah. But yeah. And sometimes we'll throw, depending on what we're doing, we'll throw a little bit of surface tension activities in with that, or we'll throw a little bit of like, you know, more academic water cycle, like more formal too, depending on the so groups that we're doing weather, it for. If it's, it depends on what yeah. the, the teacher's lessons, what they're trying to go for. And if we're yeah. doing it for a community group versus a school mm-hmm. group, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, you might have mentioned this, um, but well, like, what ages are these programs for? And do, the, you, can you kind of scale it up so, and down? Yeah.
1: yeah. So most of our, our water programming is for, um, I would say, kinder. Yeah. Kinder through like fifth. Fifth. Yeah. Maybe reaching towards sixth. But We could do stream tables for older kids. Yeah. Stream tables. Because everyone likes destroying landforms yeah. they've made. Sure. That's <laughs> not real. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of adults who actually, I mean, oh, they've, yeah. they've done it as a teacher training before. And, yeah. yeah. And oh, teachers it sounds like are fun. like, teachers get into I'm down. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of catharsis in yeah. there with learning. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> and then the only other um, we do have the the life science lecture um, for the Texas Seashore where we talk yes. about animals that live in mm-hmm. um, the water. Well, the Trinity River ecosystem oh, one cool, was too is the life science okay. lecture for the the adult the more the adult groups and we basically talk about the fish and the birds and the turtles and beavers and, you know, basically everything that lives in the Trinity River yeah. in Fort Worth Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that they can connect yeah. that up. And so in those programs, we take stuff from the teaching collection here at the museum and we'll bring it out to facilities. And those really are ones, we'll do them for multi-generational groups, mm-hmm. but typically those are in the retirement communities and in the memory care facilities. We yeah. Yeah. Do those. Oh, okay. So we'll bring out these taxidermied birds and we'll bring out, you know, specimens in jars and... Um, you know, like the shells and like the little boxes and different things. And um, basically we just talk about, you know, what does this thing eat and how's it involved in that mm. ecosystem and all of and that. And lifespan and all of that. And it's, and it's a really cool program too. Cause you say lecture and you're like, meh, boring, but it's, it's <laughs> more like, like a, we, we do it in what we call an inner um, an interactive format. So, you know, our, our educators will, tell personal stories that they've had with certain animals that they're doing. There's a lot of skunk stories, a lot of opossum stories, stories, raccoons. And so, you know, then the participants that are involved in the lecture, then, you know, that gives them kind of the freedom to like share that information yeah. back with us. Oh, you know, I was down when I was fishing and I saw this or that happen. And, you know, so it, it, it kind of gets them involved. So it's not like a traditional a lecture format. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's more the of a The idea is to have conversations and yeah. be able to tell stories and everyone get to kind of share yeah. at the same time. Yeah.
0: So you've talked about school groups and and retirement communities mm-hmm. and what what other um, kind of groups do you guys do you guys work with? And can anybody request yeah, and outreach. We,
1: um, anyone oh, can yeah. request an outreach program. Um, we, do, I mean, we've done outreach for high school. We've done outreach for, you know, pretty much every age. Yeah, we've, um, there is. We've done some private organizations as well that have had us come in for like family days and, oh, and yeah. things like that. Exactly. And um, we've worked a little bit with Cook Children's We've and done um, a couple they have of programs an, with them. They have an epilepsy camp. We've done things for, and um, mm-hmm. we used to do a program mm-hmm. for the North Tarrant Food Bank right. when they used to do their character breakfast. We would come and, yeah. and do part of that. We've with done them. programs for J.P. Morgan Chase and Facebook Data Center oh, for their okay. Family Day. Yeah, bring your kid to work days. day. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Chase I think was concerned that they needed something else, and so we. It's fun get mm-hmm. to come and play with kids. And, yeah, 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 and that's science for fun too. So it's it's always. Great when it's science for fun as opposed to science for the test or science for. Well, and we try to keep all of our programs, even our school-based programs, we try to keep them science for fun with the academic (laughs) component, but we don't tend not to focus on the academics. We focus on the fun. Yeah. The hands-on part of it. Yeah, the hands-on part so that they can absorb it better.
0: Yeah. Well, that's how you get your foot in the door, right? Right. With Mm -hmm. kids really learning things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Can I borrow a piece of paper? Because I need to write them down when I think of it. Thank you. You don't need your sheet? I can. She can (laughs) share mine. Well, I was going to ask how, um, like, how big is your department? How many people work in this group?
1: Well, we've we've, we've grown (laughs) dramatically in the last couple months. So up until this fall, um, I was full-time and Laura was part-time in the office. Oh, wow. And we had a bunch of part-time people, like, on-call as needed to do programs. And then this year... Now Laura's full-time also, yeah. and we have, because um, we do two Science Night programs, we have someone who's helping coordinate one of those Science Night programs part-time in the office, and so still our on-call educators. So mm-hmm. we actually, oh. we serve a lot of people with very little L- little yeah. manpower. manpower here.
0: I'm surprised, because I thought <laughs> with all the programs that you're talking about, I thought it was going to be, you know, a lot of people. We're very so. busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We,
1: do, we do have, what, about, I think for Discovery Lab on Wheels, we have, what, six? Right now, I think we have six, and then we'll have more in the summertime. Yeah, we'll have more in the summertime. And then for festivals, we have about eight, six? We should have eight. We have (laughs) five. And then for museum nights, we have like seven or eight. We have um, 10. Okay, 10. And we're budgeted for like 11. Yeah. So So we we constantly kind of run understaffed, but it's kind of a fun challenge to run understaffed, and we both kind of like that, so...
0: (laughs) Well, if you like staying busy, right? Oh, well, yeah.
1: Well, it's it's staying busy and it's finding the right people. I mean, for the night programs, mm-hmm. it's hard to find the right people who um, are interested in what we do and who are available to work in the evening. Yeah, and yeah. the same thing for the for during the day. Um, our part time staff who's on call they work when there's programs, but if there's not a program, they don't work. And so yeah. for some people that doesn't that doesn't work for them because they want yeah, more study sure yeah more study hours. But we're blessed to have some f- fabulous people currently working oh, for yeah, us who got an amazing team. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I just done all three of our programs. Yeah. So we've got an amazing, right now we really amazing are, teams going. You've hit a real sweet spot. Yep. Yeah.
0: So um, what are your backgrounds like? like? What did you go to school for?
1: So I am actually a formally trained classroom teacher. Um, I taught for Fort Worth ISD for 11 years. And um, in conjunction with that, because we all know teachers don't get paid enough, yeah. I happened to work for the Fort Worth Zoo at the same time. And um, then I resigned from Fort Worth ISD, had my daughter, and and kept on at the zoo and then had another friend from the zoo who had come over here so i then started working actually one of the families one of the family science night programs that went out to the schools in the evenings um and so that's how between the zoo got me into informal education and then after i got out of formal education now i'm obsessed with informal education because it's so much more fun so i kind of have the best of both worlds in some ways with the formal education training and the informal aspect of stuff too. Um, so, (laughs) 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 so I actually, um, went to school for landscape contracting. I have a bachelor's of science in landscape (laughs) contracting. And, um, so I have kind of a different background than a lot of people. Um, I did some work in that kind of field. I, um, Interned at Longwood Gardens in Philadelphia, hung Christmas lights for them for about six months. It yeah. was, I mean, did some really interesting work, and then went to graduate school um, for agricultural and extension education, which is basically oh, cool. the informal education of um, branch of the land grant university system. And so I had a um, assistantship through the state 4-H office when I was there, mm. and um, when I graduated, and eventually ended up in Texas and worked a little while for a Texas Trees Foundation in Dallas, and then. Mm ended up doing um, one other informal ed job before I ended up at the museum. So, yeah. Yeah. So but, while I had that degree, I wanted to, um, originally I, my plan was I wanted to like work in community gardens and that
0: kind of yeah. thing, so. So do you do a lot of gardening at home? Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Our <laughs> yeah. house is amazing. <laughs> do yeah, use... my husband's also a horticulturist. We actually met oh, at okay. Longwood Gardens. Oh. So yeah, no, there's a lot of gardening. There's a lot of plants. We had to buy a greenhouse when we moved here. There's probably a problem. We may, need, we may need an intervention.
0: Wait, did I hear that right? You bought a greenhouse? We like bo- you bought your own greenhouse? Yeah. Okay. And we
1: put it together. It was a kit. Oh, cool. I was pregnant. It was not fun. My father-in-law had to help. I got to the point where he had to, they had to make the choice of, can you bend over or do you want to breathe? Like you can do one or the other. You cannot do both anymore. And at that point, yeah, my father-in-law and my husband put it together. Um, it was like from Finland or Norway. So like three millimeters away from this, drill a hole and we're like excuse me <laughs> what so it took a little longer than expected but it's quite it's quite nice yeah but yeah no we we have yeah a lot of we're also in the daylily society so for fun we hybridize daylilies um because daylilies don't come true to seed so you have to you know they pollinate and so uh-huh. basically there's i think 30 40,000 i think different registered cultivars and everyone's been made by somebody who mm-hmm. is kind of oh, geeky wow. about that kind of thing
0: huh I yeah so no there's idea. a club
1: there's a club of daylily people <laughs> the
0: daily Lily society
1: north texas, north texas daylily okay. society yeah we meet at the botanic garden once a month oh, okay except for in july we don't meet in july yeah, and she's got my kid hooked on they have they have one meeting a month a, month, a year uh, we do daylily, daylily is, bingo yeah, do daylily bingo and so my kid is like obsessed with daylily <laughs> bingo now so no we have a daylily problem as well but living in weather you play me, bingo and you, you win, win daylilies and you win and other things. Sometimes wine. Yeah. Sometimes wine. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes tchotchkes and yeah. like other plants or whatever. Yeah. yeah. People just bring whatever extra they have, yeah. and you you win things. It's super fun. Yeah. My I daughter know. loves it. So I have. She's only four though. She doesn't really. Yeah. Understand. So I have a daylily <laughs> problem now too because they're like all in pots on my driveway, and I have some of them planted. But living in Weatherford, we have deer, and deer love daylilies. lilies. Oh, so okay. I'm kind of limited as to where I can plant them, and. She has a deer, deer repellent yeah. spraying program yeah, in her yard. <laughs> it's it's going to go enforce more this year. But you
0: yeah. have a daylily problem, a deer problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. no
1: she, so we yeah we we have a big daylily problem. They have a huge daylily uh, problem. Okay. We probably have a. But few, you have yard space for. Yours. We have a few I hundred different registered cultivars, and then like this year, I think I made a few thousand seeds that my husband's planted. They're in the greenhouse growing, <laughs> waiting for spring.
0: And then as they
1: bloom, like, so they take a couple, about two years, as they bloom, then you decide if they're good enough. And if they're not, you rip them out and compost them. And if they are, then you keep them a while longer and you see if they're really good enough. You know, is the flower, is it tall, is it whatever, whatever you're looking for. Yeah. And then um, you can register them. And then you have like an official daylily that you've named. It's kind of Oh, cool.
0: wow. Have you done that? You've, you've virtually Not yet. Okay. We
1: have um, last year was the- handful s- that you're trying though. Yeah. Last year was the first year that we had um, any that bloomed that were like good. Yeah. I did win best ceiling at the daylily show last oh. year. Because <laughs> I'm secretly a 90-year-old woman who's in a garden club. <laughs> and I show <coughs> flowers.
0: <laughs> I didn't see that trophy on your desk. It's not. You? I have a ribbon. Oh, okay.
1: It is displayed in your house. It's in the guest room. room. I don't want to make it too, I don't want to be too like in your face. I don't want people to feel bad when they come over (laughs) that they don't have a daylily ribbon. (laughs) But yeah, no. And my daughter now, she, you know, she's a a toddler, an old toddler. And so she like thinks that's what you do. Like, it's really funny. I'm like, oh, kid, when you get to elementary school, you're going to realize your parents are weird. (laughs) Yes, my daughter, my 12 year old already realizes that she knows we're weird. she's okay with it. Um. yeah. Um,
0: So we have very, so, di- we do
1: have very diverse backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Mine's more traditional, hers is not.
0: Well, we talked about your daily live session. And when mm-hmm. I came in, I heard you guys talking about jam. Yes. And so you make a lot of jam, right? Yeah, Can you talk it, a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. She actually got me hooked on it. Cause oh, okay. my yeah. husband, um, my husband really likes jalapenos. And so mm. for many years, we've always kind of grown like a salsa garden, you know, just basically like tomatoes and things that you put in salsa. Yeah. And one year we just had, I guess it was what, about three years ago, four years ago, we had like a massive bumper crop of jalapenos. And I'm like, there is, like, no way. Like, I do not <laughs> want all this to go to waste. We have to do something. And she's like, well, just pick one. And I'm like, what? And she's like, it's not that hard. And so she, not. she, like, <laughs> got me schooled on it. And now, like, it's become a hobby. Yeah. And so I basically pickle whatever I can get my hands on during the growing season. Um, our salsa garden bit the dust this year. It was very non, it did not produce. But our fig tree, on the other hand, went gangbusters. So I have copious amounts of rosemary, red wine, fig jam. Um, I also had a neighbor who dropped off a couple of cases of, of wine, red wine for me to share with neighbors, and that's a whole long story. But, it I, didn't get shared. It didn't get shared. I don't drink red <laughs> the wine The party that often. didn't happen the, the way it was yes, supposed to. It didn't to. happen the way. Anyway, so but I don't drink red wine that often. So it was like, hey, I've got all of this stuff, so I made a whole bunch of them, and then we made we did have some serrano peppers, so I made some serrano fig jam as well. Oh, so, sounds yeah, great. So where, you know, and then do the water bath canning and. Mm-hmm. All of that kind of stuff. Because yeah, you want to do fun. the pressure, back, no, I the didn't pressure, have to pressure. Run. I'm too scared. Yeah, like if you want to do like fact, meat like right. or like meat. something that's not high acid or high sugar, you have to pressure can yeah. it. That's a whole different ball game. Yeah, but water bath canning is pretty simple. You as just as need a pot. Yeah, and a good recipe to follow. There's a lot on Pinterest that you're kind of like, mm, that doesn't have enough sugar in it to reduce the microbial growth, or it doesn't have enough. There's you a, have, to have the, the balance of the um, acid or the yeah. sugar. Yeah. So you have to be. There's a book called the Ball the Ball Blue Book which is like the kind of like old school canning Bible. Lots of grandmas had it and it has lots (laughs) of recipes and it has lots of, um, actually science about it too, where they talk about like, like, this is why Mm -hmm. this works. And they'll explain, like, if you're going to mess with a recipe, like if you're going to change, you know, take out the lemon juice or whatever, you're changing the pH. And so you have to do something else that brings it back into the right range. because The pH is what prevents the microbial growth. Sure. So I mean, even if you sterilize it and stuff it, yeah, it does that. I do a little bit of
0: pickling, and I've I I I only make one kind of jam, but I'm very interested in that recipe. Yeah. because my wife loves figs. Can you? Would you share that with me and I can yeah, share that with our I listeners? I actually okay. have
1: a jar in the office. I was with you before. you. Oh, speak. great. I brought, I brought extra jars for people. But Can you early. tell me the
0: recipe too? So I can, yeah, is it a secret?
1: No, it's not a secret. It's um, in, I can't remember which book is it? it's in. I think if it's you can in, send it to me later. Yeah, I think it's in food think it's in a book called food in jars. I think it, that maybe it's in, it's in either the food in jars or it's in the, the ball book of canning. It's in one of the two, but yeah, I okay. can definitely share that. With
0: Wonderful. You. Yeah, that'd be great. I can share that with our listeners and they can make their own jam. It sounds great. Um, yeah, if
1: you have a good fig tree, you're set yeah. <laughs> for that kind of thing. Um,
0: uh, so um, so where can people find out more about you guys? Do you have social media?
1: Um, so the museum has a Facebook page and I think mm-hmm. an Instagram page and all yeah. of that. Okay. And our but, stuff is up there sometimes, but not yeah oh, very okay. often. The museum on our website, though, there's a um, tab, a learn tab. And so it has all of the different kind of educational offerings that the museum has. Okay. And so we're in the outreach part of that. Okay. Yeah. And the, the main program that we do, well, we, the three main programs, we have the discovery lab on wheels program. And so the most of the programs that we've talked about today fall under that discovery lab oh, okay. on wheels category. And then we also have our family STEAM festivals, which is the program in the evenings that goes out to schools and does um, STEAM related activities on the school campus. It's a science night. It's a science, science night for the school at their location. And then we also have the family museum night, which is the family science night for schools where they physically come here
0: and, well, have a museum, and have here. a science night
1: here, and the, it, the cool thing is, is, the museum's closed, so only the schools and their families that are here yeah. get that experience, and and so it's only open to them mm-hmm. oh, that's for that. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. all three of those are found under the Learn tab, so the outreach, they're under that outreach mm-hmm. tab. Okay, yeah, cool. On there.
0: All right. I think that's all the things I wrote down. I wrote down jam recipe, <laughs> background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys want to talk about anything else? Is there anything else you want to, is there anything coming up or I don't, we don't have to talk about the, um, the exhibit that you mentioned, but I would like to come back. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put you
1: in touch with, um, I'm going to find out from Alexa who she wants to okay. to talk about that. that. We do do a lot of like library programming in summer. So people could okay. look at their local libraries and see if we're coming, um, okay. or ask their local libraries if right. they, yeah. you know, to see if we're coming. We're doing the gingerbread man thing this summer at the challenge with the water and the boat oh, we are. We are doing the gingerbread challenge to the water with the boats. Yes, so the library has a summer reading theme every year. Um, yeah. Texas, the state of Texas, um, picks one for the state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a mandatory thing, so some libraries opt in, some opt out. They do their own thing. Um, I think the mayor in Fort Worth, she yeah, selects uh-huh. the theme, and some years she goes with the theme. I, I don't blame her, some years the themes are a little not as good as others. Um, so this year, the theme is imagine yourself in a story, which is hard for us. Last year was space. Space was very (laughs) easy for us. (laughs) That was simple. We're like, boom, knock it out. As it turns out, have a harder time imagining ourselves in a story, but we have come up with a bunch of activities for, for that. And so one of them this year is in, it's about like the, the gingerbread man story. It's called escape from the box because the gingerbread man obviously is trying to get depending on which version of the story you read is trying to get away from the box. And And so, so um, across the river. Yeah, so we're gonna have the kids build boats that have to hold enough weight so that the gingerbread men can escape. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And not sink. Mm -hmm. Probably outside. Hopefully outside, unless you got a library that just doesn't care, which some of them don't. Depends on the library. Yeah. Because kids and water and boats. Yeah. And rugs, books—not always the best mix. But so that's, that's co- up to the librarian to make their personal decision as to whether or not they are comfortable with having that inside, because <laughs> some are. Well, and some have space. Yeah.
0: So that's coming up this summer? Yeah. Yeah. That's, cool. one's that's the one that's one's of offering. our
1: summer offerings. Okay. Yeah. Libraries. I love right. doing summer libraries. It's so fun.
0: Libraries. I think that's all I have. Thank you guys for doing yeah. this. Yeah.
1: Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. We appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: A huge thanks to Rebecca and Laura for taking time to talk with me and for showing me around the museum. Now let's jam. By the way, this jam recipe is so good that when I was printing it out the printer jammed. That actually happened and it's so dumb that um, I couldn't even make that up. Okay, so we'll be making a red wine rosemary fig jam and this recipe comes from the all new Ball Book of Canning and Preserving. This recipe makes about four half pint jars. Ingredients. You'll need one and a half cups of Merlot or another fruity red wine, two tablespoons fresh rosemary leaves, two cups finely chopped fresh figs, three tablespoons ball classic pectin, two tablespoons bottled lemon juice, and two and a half cups of regular old sugar. And now for the steps. Are you ready? Just pause in between each one, and when you get done with it, then hit play and hear the next one i'm probably also going to put this um in the show notes so you can read it okay step one bring wine and rosemary to a simmer in a small stainless steel or enameled saucepan turn off the heat cover and steep for 30 minutes step two pour wine through a fine wire mesh strainer into a four quart stainless steel or enameled saucepan If you haven't caught on, you're going to need a lot of stainless steel or enameled saucepans. Discard the rosemary. Stir in figs, pectin, and lemon juice. Bring mixture to a full rolling boil that cannot be stirred down. Over high heat, stir constantly. Step 3. Add sugar, stirring to dissolve. Return mixture to a full rolling boil. Boil hard for one minute, stirring constantly. Remove from heat. Skim foam if necessary. Step four: Ladle hot jam into a hot jar, leaving one-fourth inch headspace. Remove air bubbles. Uh, it doesn't say how to do that, but uh, you can figure it out. Or just shake, just shake the, just shake it. Uh, wipe the jar rim. Center lid on jar. Apply band and adjust to fingertip tight. Place jar in a boiling water canner. Oh yeah, so you'll also need a boiling water canner. Uh, Repeat until all jars are filled. Step five, process jars for 10 minutes, adjusting for altitude. I thought that's an attitude. (laughs) Uh, Turn off heat, remove lid and let jars stand five minutes. Remove jars and cool and you're done. Enjoy your fig, rosemary and red wine jam. Thanks again to Rebecca and Laura and thanks for the jam recipe. If you try this recipe at home, please let me know how it turns out. Hit me up on Twitter at FWWater Facebook at Fort Worth Water and Instagram at SaveFW Water. See you next time.